it's me, Moshe Basal Grosnas. Um, I'd like to make an announcement before we begin. I'll repeat this at the end. This has been sent by our great Askan, may he be well, to the Itzkovich. Amen, amen. Amen. Due to the global crisis, unfortunately, of coronavirus or COVID-19, as of this Sunday, 22nd March 2020, the Misporom, and until further notice, Torah Way won't be held at this regular location of Kehilas Moshe, but from the homes or Bote Medrash of the respective Magide Shiel. Hmm. To, found, to find out how to watch or listen to a live or previous Shir, or how to access the archives of our thousands of Shurim, and to keep updated with any news from Torah Way, visit www.torahway.org. Org.uk. I'll repeat at the end that information. Now, I had prepared a shear relevant to the parasha, but last night, sitting down at my table, rethinking what to say, some thoughts came to my mind. It will be relevant to the parasha and Pesach, but just random thoughts that came together as we're all in this interesting Miet Hashem passing situation. So I'll just share with you the following thoughts, which might be a chizuk um, for us all. The Kalayosha, who was one of the famous forum that everyone used to use as a Musa Sefer, writes in Perik base how to make holy the mundane. It says, When one goes along the way, one should learn Torah. How does one do that? How does one do that? So, the Kavayosha says in his Perik base the following. He says, for instance, if one walks down the street and one sees a house, one can be Makadash that, one can make it holy. How? He says, what does the house, you have to think the halachas of the house. What does the house have? It has a mezuzah. The house has a markelegagecho, if it has a roof, it has to have, has to have a, f- a fencing around the roof, if the roof is usable. So instead of just seeing a house, you now see a whole shulchan If you see a dog, you think that on Pesach they didn't bark when the Eden went out, and you think that there's a halacha to um, feed the trafers to the dog, etc, etc. As you see things, you can turn it into mitzvahs. You see a tree, you can say, ah, three years, a fruit tree. You're not meant to have the fruits, the fourth year you have the fruits, etc. So in our situation that we are, many people are stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And not only they stuck at home, the children are at home and it can become a big noisy situation. Mm-hmm. And the question is, some people have bigger houses, they have where to put the children. Some people have very small houses and don't have. So what do you, what do, you do? So definitely there's something to take to mind because some people will just switch on the DVD. Mm-hmm. And, and let, the ch- let the children sit there. I don't think, it, I mean, I understand. Some people maybe need that. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't tell anyone what to do. And I don't know what I will do myself still. But, um, mm-hmm. but definitely one has to know that there's an opportunity to become a mitzvah deraisa. And that mitzvah deraisa, at least with the sons, is there's a chiyuv on the father to teach his son Torah. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's actually a great opportunity, um, instead of doing... Um, the mitzvah with the shliach and hiring a melamed, here's an opportunity of mitzvah boy, yoismi b'shlucho, a mitzvah deraisa 
to teach your children Torah. And uh, the Gemara says in Kedusha Koftesk, and the Blamids, Marek on this Noisa, Gemara says, it praises a father that learns with his son. It's as if he learned with his son, and his son's son, and his son's son's son, till all the generations, because if you teach a child, and he knows, and he'll be able to teach his child, and he'll know all the way down to the end of generations. And therefore, um, it's actually a great opportunity um, not an ask for opportunity, but a great opportunity to be Mekayim a mitzvah deraisa, mitzvah deraisa, with our children. So what could be more exciting, I'm not saying the situation is exciting, but what could be more exciting than being Mekayim a mitzvah deraisa um, at home with the children daily um, of, of, of learning with them. Mm -hmm. So that definitely should be taken in a, into account. Another point that came to mind was that since they're at home, stuck at home, and we don't know what to do with them. So as we said, first of all, you've got to be in the midst of the rights of learning with them. Great opportunity. But there's another thing. Many of them were meant to learn Haggadah in school, and they're not going to learn Haggadah in school. So what should we do? So I thought, maybe we're going to do the midst of the rights of learning with them at home. Maybe we should learn with them the Haggadah. Make a project every day, make a picture, you draw a matzah, and make them colour it in and teach them the two reasons for matzah, one because it's the poor man's bread, and one because uh, we left the time in a rush and it couldn't, uh, it couldn't bake. Many different uh, things to talk about, page by page. But then I thought, maybe you're not allowed to teach them the Haggadah. These are just thoughts that come to mind last night. Maybe you're not allowed to teach them the Haggadah, why not? Because the Shulchan Aruch in Elchus Pesach and Simon Tov Lamed says, the Ramah says, on Shabbos Haggadah, at Mincha time, you, uh, you say the Haggadah from Avodah Ayinu until someone Dayenu, the Bichoch. So the, that's the practice of many. But the Bihagro says you should not be saying the Haggadah, Shabbos Mincha time, and Shabbos Haggadah. Why not? Because it says in the Haggadah, shouldn't we say the story of the Haggadah? You only say the Haggadah when Matzah and Morah is in front of you. Yeah, you learn the Haggadah. But saying the Haggadah is the Groh didn't hold this practice. The Yaivetz went further in his Siddur. And he held, it's like eating matzah Erev Pesach. You're like taking away the whole flavor. You're about to come into the Seder all excited and haven't seen this for a year. And now you read it through, you lose that flavor. And therefore you didn't hold it. The Maisa, the Minigayla, is yes to do it. So I was thinking, if you teach your children the Haggadah, Bishlein, the school teach the Haggadah, there's one thing. If you teach your children the Haggadah before Pesach, then your mum is doing the mitzvah of Egadah it's not like a rabbit to the child, it's the father to the son. If we got to the wrong time, not for sure, but it's posher, it's not true what I'm saying, it's just hirure varim. And avada, one can teach them the Haggadah, and it's just a preparation for the real event when Hashem are going to tell it to them properly, and they don't want to miss this excitement that they would have had in school of learning the Haggadah. <coughs> therefore, this could be the opportunity of the mitzvah, the raisa, of teaching your son Torah, can be with what they would have done in school 
teaching them the Haggadah. You're not teaching them the story of the Haggadah anyway, you're teaching them all do the same. Just the same, yeah, everything. It's, it's coming over in a different format, yeah. it's true. It's, it's, it's a limud of what's, what we're going to read on the night. Just, uh, just thoughts that are passing through. Um, another thought that came to mind last night <coughs> is that the daughters are at home. Now, the daughters, we don't have the opportunity of a mitzvah, the raisa, to learn them Torah now they're stuck at home. There's other mitzvahs, I'm sure, to teach them. But just um, definitely a thought relevant to Pesach and this week's parasha. Um, it says that Bishus Noshim Tzitkonyos, we were redeemed from its rhyme. Mm. So this is definitely something to instill. It's not just a historic fact. It, it, uh, it does say in Chazal somewhere that Losid Lavoy as well, Bishus Noshim Tzitkonyos, we will be redeemed. And therefore, this is very much something to be instilled into the girls, mm. um, how the women many, many times bring the merit of a Ka'ula. We just had Purim, where Esther helped us out. We have Pesach, where again the Noshim Sitkonyos take us out. And actually these months are interlinked in, in Chazal. And the Mishnitnas Adom, Arvim Simcha, it seems from many, Rishonim, that actually it's Adon Nisan, it goes together. And they're both Bishchus Moshim Sitkonyos. I actually saw, very interesting, that the Inquisition, when they, uh, when they would like ban things from the Eden, so one of the things was, like, if you want to check if he's Jewish, he says he's a converso, he says he's done a conversion to um, Natsrus. If you want to check on him, check if he passed. And they give two dates, I think Yom Kippur, and Tanis Esther. Now Tanis Esther, we all know, is not the most common that can fast. So why would there be mysterious nefesh that you could find out if he's real or not on Tanis Esther? And the answer was that they equated themselves with Esther. You see, we finished Purim as a very happy time. There was one person that actually didn't really have a life. And that was Esther. She stayed in the palace. She was pretty much a, a Murano. Right? I mean, she had no choice. This was a Esa Kodesh Baruch and the Muranos maybe is a debate. They should have left. But... But we're, not, we're not in their boots to discuss that. But Al Kaponim, um, they equated themselves very much with Esther, and therefore this was their mysterious nefesh um, fast that they were stuck in the palace of Spain, um, and this they would do with Chaltoika, and therefore the Inquisition sent out to watch out on Tanis Esther for, for, for such a thing. But Al Kaponim, you see the Tzitkus of, 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 of Esther, that she gave her whole life up, all the rest of her life was in the Goisha palace, all the man. Um, Klalisro. So that's, that's Noshim Tzitkonyos. So therefore, relevant to this parasha, it says that which the Mepharshim explained that the women came first. And like the men were toppled them. They came uh, scrambling after the women. The women rushed to do the mitzvah of bringing their jewelry to the Beis HaMikdosh. So the Rabbeinu Bechai explains that by the Egal we find, the women refuse to give their jewellery to the, to the Egal. Now, you might think that this is because they like their jewellery. He says, no, because when it came to the Migdosh, they came quicker than the men to give away their jewellery. And he says, this is even though to a woman, there's nothing more exciting than her jewellery, and this is what she, he used almost a lotion of what she lives for, mm-hmm. and what she is excited by is a jewelry and yet the mysterious nefesh when it came to something Laman Hashem or Laman Kvoido Yisbarach they rushed and were quicker than the men to give their jewelry. These are things that can be 
can be taught in various ways. Um, the Svarno says, by the way, what was the idea that um, the, the women came with the men to give their jewelry? So Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar said it means with the men, as in the men were top of the they came a bit late, compared to the women that came quick. But he says that there is halacha, a woman cannot give stocker, large amounts of stocker, without permission from her husband. Therefore they came with the men, for the men to agree to show to the Gabbard stocker that you can accept this nadova. There's always shyness in history in the Paiskim where women gave certain large amounts and then the question was, was it okay that the receiver took the large amount or not? Um, I heard a shit from Rabbi Zimmerman. He said that he, went, he once went collecting in Monty and he came to a certain house and the woman offered a few hundred dollars. So he didn't want to take it because it was a Matano Gadoila and it was a more modern house, but uh, still it was Matano Gadoila and there's a halacha, you can't take from an Isha a Matano Gadoila. However, the halacha is if they're very rich, then $300 might be pocket money and it's not called taking a lot from the woman. So the woman said, Why, why aren't you taking this? He explained the halacha. So she said, um, well, I spent this money on just on a scarf last week. So you have to understand, by me it doesn't mean much. So he took it then, because if that's, you know, pocket money, then the halakha is you're allowed to take it. So I saw Shaila, um, Taka brought in the Marasham, a woman gave a large amount to her sister, who became poorer, to help her out. Without her husband's knowledge, she gave this large amount. They were very wealthy. And after she died, it became known to her husband. And the question was whether... And the husband took his brother-in-law to Dintori, wants the money back, and the wife's not allowed to give him a ton of So the Marasham, for various reasons, passed him that the money does not have to go back. One of the reasons was that the, since they're very rich, this amount wasn't such a significant amount. Mm-hmm. Another reason was that nowadays in the Tanoim, we write that Yishlatum b'nechsayon shava b'shavet. That the man and the woman rule over the money equally, equal rights. So if it's equally, then, then there's not any more komash, konish, konabala. And if so, the, the, the woman has the rights to give this away. It's not agreed by everyone. Roshleim Klugin is Tumtamadah says that this is not so. And it's just a nice way of <coughs> putting it in the shtar to make her feel comfortable. It doesn't have any halachitik. Um, um, relevance and, and of course Allah remains. Now this happened, actually a story happened in Tanakh, a famous story where David was on the way to kill Novel. Novel um, had sent his uh, shepherd somewhere and David looked after them and he asked for some food and Novel didn't give. And David held him Chayim Misa, so he was on the way to kill and Abigail, the wife of Novel, saw what was happening so she decided to save her husband and sent him loads of food and money and all sorts of goodies. And David accepted it. And the question is, how could David accept it? Um, you know, she's an Isha and she has no right to give so much money to him. The Noi Behuda asked this question. And the Noi Behuda says, either David accepted it because Lamaisa Novel owed it to him. Similar to Beutius Mitzrayim, we find that they borrowed from the Mitzrayim lots of money. But they never really planned to give it back. And the question is, how, how come? How come? They were leaving for good, so why are you borrowing? They borrowed so that the Mitzrayim should give it. 
But they never plan to give it back because the Mitzrayim owed them that money for all the work they made them do. Right. Same here. David HaMelech accepted this even though you're not meant to accept a present <laughs> from an Isha when it's not her bank account. And she, it's not solely owned by her. But because Novel really owed it to him, so this was the way he could get his money. And therefore he accepted it. Another answer that Ayurveda says is that since Novel was extremely rich, therefore again, um, she was allowed to give this large amount. Now, another point that came to mind, these are all just thoughts that came to me last night. Um, many people are stocking up Besides for Pesach food, right, you know, my, my wife was in Asda last night, there was not a grape wow. to be found, 10 o'clock at night. Nothing, there was no fruits, no vegetables, no cleaning sprays. This was Asda, I'm sure saying to me, say. every single thing was gone. It's a shame, only good. Okay, anyway. So where do you find the first time in the Torah where people are told to gather up your stuff, you know? Mm. So before the days of famine, Yosef HaTzadik told the Mitzrayim ah. to collect as much as you can. It's a, it's a, known, it's a known way of planning. Um, so that's what they did. So there was a pandemic then as well. And they all collected up. But guess what? It all went off. That's what it says. It all went off. Only Yosef stayed good. And uh, he became very rich. He supplied for, for, for the world. The Maral in Gur Arya, Harsh Mekate, Nun Aleph Nun Hay explains what was that slaughter of Yosef Atadik, why his stuff stayed. It's a very important message, says the Maral. He saw, there's another question, why did he make the Mitzrayim do a bris milah? So the Maral says, he saw that their, their stuff didn't stay, so he made them do a bris milah, because bris, the time of bris is kayomo. What makes things stay is the bris. Why? He says if one keeps the orla on, the orla is something that's not meant to be. It's not meant to be, it's not a kiyom, it's not meant to stay. Someone that keeps the orla on is clinging to things that are not meant to stay. So his things won't stay. So the Kodak of Krali Surah is have a bris milah, they're not arelim. A guy, even if it's an oral, even if it's a gemala, the Chazal say remain an oral, but it's a different thing. Agaponim, um, he taught, he had to teach the Mitzrayim, if you want a kiyum, you have to not cling to things that aren't mukuyim. And that's Shmiris Abris, but it's relevant in many ways. Clinging to what's true and right is kiyum, because that's Dvorim that aren't that are, that are meant to stay. Nitzkis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mitzvah, Torah, then there's a kiyum. Clinging to things that are meant to be discarded brings to the whole situation being discarded. So that's a very interesting morale. I don't know exactly how to apply it, but that's what he says. Now, at this point, I'm just walking in, I saw there's like an interesting minion yes. going between two sides of the road here. Uh, Guess maybe it works, um, but I want to I want to share with you a thought how maybe davening at home now, not normally, is actually better than davening in a minion. I'm not talking on the doctor side of thing and, and the health side of thing. I'm talking halachically. Um, so first of all, you have to know that if you're davening biyachidus, yeah. the Gemara and Shabbos says um, it's around Yudalef. And so it's Kepaskin in Shulchan Aruch Kuf Aleph Sif Dalad. 
that if you are asking Bakoshas Proteus, you're asking your own Bakoshas, let's say in Elekanato, then you can't say it Pashtas in English. Only in a Tzibur does any language go because, because the Koyach HaTzibur takes the Tzvila up. But when you're alone, you don't have Koyach HaTzibur, the Malachim have to take the Tzvila up. And therefore, they only listen to Lashna Kodesh. It's debatable. Other languages is debated. It's brought in the Ramah, the Zikr B'Dyeved, the other languages. Because it could be they only know, listen to Aramaic. But there is a time they don't listen to any other language except Lashna Kodesh. And therefore, if you know Lashna Kodesh, in your Bakoshas Proteos, you're meant to say it in Lashna Kodesh, not in English, during this time that you're doubling B'Yechidus. No Yiddish? Not even Yiddish. Even if Yiddish is called the Heilige Lashen, but the Gemara says Roshna Kodesh and it means Roshna Kodesh. Um, now, it doesn't mean Ivrit, that's a different term. Yeah? It means Roshna Kodesh. Mm. Now, if we're not good at Roshna Kodesh, it could be it's as good, it's good, it's good as the gibberish to the Malachim as Ar- Aramaic, and then, and then you just have to rely on the, on, on the Poskim, Salamaisa, um, Bidyebet, as long as it's not Aramaic, it's English, then it works. This is relevant to Halach Ma'anyo, which is in Aramaic. Yes. Rashi in Haggadah says, why do we say Halach Ma'anyo in Aramaic? Because the Malachim don't listen to Aramaic. And there are also Malachi Chabola. And we say, Kol Dichvin everyone should come in. We don't want the Malachi Chabola, we don't want bad angels, Mazikim, to come in when we say everyone's invited. And therefore, and therefore, we say it in Aramaic, in a language the Malachim don't know. Therefore, they're not invited. There are, there's a lot of questions on this, but that's what Rashi says. Uh, the Postim Takasei, when we say, Kol Dichvin that there is an Indian to have guests. So, Met Hashem, I'm sure Hashem will be Mazaka'as. I hope that we will be able to have guests at our table um, during the Pesach period. The Shaitin says it's a big Indian, because we say, Kol Dichvin so if you're able. I'm not saying not every wife is able. Sometimes the guests in the family themselves. It's a lot of hard work. But Al Kaponim uh, may we be zoicha. Um, furthermore, there is a halacha. Well, I'll, I'll go to a sec- another point, then I'll come back to the Hilchus Twitter. There, there is something that definitely can be taken chizuk at this time, and that is the scoffers always make fun when the you know Rosh Hashivas or Tzadikim would say. That the Koyach HaToyrah is mashpia everywhere, it's mashpia on the Panasa, the Gemara says, the world is sustained through Hanina, even though he only eats a cup of Harubin, right? Now what did he do, Hanina? All he did was learn. But through his learning, there's Panasa for Eden, there's all good things. That's what I say, and we believe every word of Hazal. Now scoffers always say, yeah, where, show me, I can't see him feeding anyone, I don't see it. They're not mamin in a spiritual channel. But now I think the whole world has come to Emunah that there's something in the air even though we don't see it. You see people, I mean, Net Hashem, it shouldn't harm anyone, but you see everyone's running from something unseen. Mm. It's definitely a time of Chizuk in this matter of Tmich Satoira and Kolod Atoira because you see that there is something in the air. The Shemish Moltaka says that um, he actually compares to just like you agree there's something called pollution and it can kill. Mm-hmm. So too, Koyach HaToyrah has a Koyach, even though you don't see it, to be Machazuk, to be Mashe, to give health. There's a famous story, and again, I don't think this was ever appreciated as much as today. 
The Chavetz Chaim was once collecting, and an Oshiv got up and he said, I'm not giving a penny to Yeshiva, because what do your boys do? They just bench quetch. Masha Enkein, I and my sort of people, I donated just yesterday 20 beds to the hospital. What have your boys done? So the Chavetz Chaim answered straight away, my boys made sure that 20 people aren't using those beds. Mm. Now that needs a Munna. But now that we see a world of, sort of, the world is believing in some sort of spirituality, so let's take it the other way as well, and be ma'am in Chazal, that there is great things to be done um, with learning. And as we said, we're back at home now, many of us, with B'Shiv Tuchob It's also one of the mitzvahs, yeah, it's a deraisa, B'Shiv Tuchob not just in the base of Medrash, at home, one's meant to learn. Gemara says it's Makai in the house, Kol Ba'i Torah, I think at night it says, it's Nisrach, it should be a Kol Torah, mm. from time to time. Mm. There's a mitzvah, the rice of learning with the children. Mm. So all these are, are, are opportunities which are, which are meant to be done. The Briskarov, I think his father, of Chaim, used to send him very often out of his learning to do certain jobs. And Shiloh was little Torah, and, and he, the idea was, he wanted to be Mechanachim, that along the way you also learn. It's not just in the Beis HaMedrash you learn. Velech Chavaderech. There's Veshiv Tchavaseachah, there's Velech Chavaderech, there's many different um, parts to, to learning Torah. Mm. Now, coming back to the Hilchus Tfilah at home, and to the Maila, if we're anywhere in this situation, there might be a Maila in Davening at home over a million. And what is that? The Gemara Brothers, Tavches Abadalev says, Hashem loves Halacha. Since the Churban Beis Amidosh, and the Gemara says that there was Amiroyim, um, Abaya and others, who said at the beginning I used to learn at home and then I'd go and daven in shul. But after I heard that I davened where I learned. Where did he learn? At home. And the Rabbeinu Yoyna brings from the Tzarfatim, even without a minion, he would daven at home because it's greater than a minion. Why? Because it's his Mokham Torah. And the Torah, together with the Tefillah, is far more powerful than a minion. The Rabbi only brings another thing, and that is that straight away, as soon as you finish davening, you get back to your learning. Actually, if you go to shul, then back to your Mokham Limud, is brittle Torah. Now, Halakha Lamaisa, this is actually Paskind. In Shulchan Aruch Simen Tzadi, Sivyut Ches, the Ramah actually brings that there is this Tzad, that there's a minor to daven in your Mokham Limud, over and above a minion, but he says, don't do it. Because people will become lax, yes. and then they won't go to minyanim, and even people that aren't learning, etc. And therefore it's not done, and it's not halachic. Mm-hmm. But in the situation that one is at home, and one makes himself a mokum limud, yes. then in that mokum limud, Fester Daven, in the place where he learns, yes. in the place where he learns, he has a greater kohat filler than with a minion. Mm-hmm. So if the Ravonim are anyway telling you to daven at home without a minion, if you're going to make a place of learning, it could be that for the moment, instead of scrambling, unless you're told to scramble, could be that's the best. I don't know. Could be for many though, again, scrambling and keeping the distance, that's their chizuk, and it doesn't work for them like the Ramor says. But whatever, if, if one is stuck, it's definitely um, something to be taken into account. I do want to say something else as well. This is... Um, <coughs> Rashi in Noyach says that, well, we'll say like this, it's Yidua again that people, some people say, 
the Indian of Amalek is not ethical. However, if you think about it, had Amalek been wiped out, six million Yidin wouldn't have been killed. Mm. So it says, Hamarachim al Zori, one who is merciful on a cruel one, is actually cruel. Mm. So one believes in what Kaddish Baruch Hu says fully, and, and there is a mitzvah Mechis Amalek, not relevant today, but was relevant then, and had Amalek's theology been wiped out, mm. six million Yidin wouldn't have been wiped out. So it's actually a lot of mercy involved, but it doesn't really matter, it's a mitzvah deraisa, and we follow it. Rashi in Parshas Noach, this is Chumash Rashi, Rashi in Parshas Noach says, whenever there's Znus under Lamusia Bala Oilam, catastrophe comes to the world, where Reges Ro'im Batoivim, good and bad. So that has to be known that Chazal said, if there's Znus, it doesn't bring good things. And one has to be Moicha against Inyona Znus. And the Medrash carries on, Vayikra Rabba, and says, when governments give Ksubus, for men, when they legalize marriages of Zohar, then that also brings under Lamusia, La'olam, it brings catastrophe to the world. And here the whole world is turning over backwards. Met Hashem, only good things should come out in the end. Mm. But at least the, the Ayid has to know, sometimes you get these people that follow the Ruach Hazman, and they also start saying how it's good, and it's okay, and uh, the, you know, you have to look after, you know, and you can put someone that's turned himself into, I don't know what, into the Ezus Noshim, etc. Even though, uh, yeah, etc. I'm not going to elaborate. All these things are Ruach Hazman, and Chazal say, and therefore, keeping our Torah, like it says in Akramos Kadoshim, is the best thing, and when we hold it that way, that alone is a Shemira. Um, finally, finally, uh, two last points, and that is that we're living in the house. Rukhi says if you go away from your, from your house and there's no one in the house for quite a few hours, it could be you lose the mitzvah of mezuzah and you have to make a new bracha when you come back. Well, we don't pass like that, but either way, we don't get into that sofa at all at the moment because most of us are at home most of the time. So we're kind of mitzvah. The Ramam says when you buy the mezuzah, you should know. You don't need the world to wake you up. There's Hashem and this story and that story. The mezuzah should wake us up every time we go past it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rules the world, and the world is, slumber, is in a deep slumber, but the mezuzah should wake us up. Finally, mm-hmm. Shmira, there's the Afikoyman, and the Afikoyman some people keep um, to, to leave as a sort of mezuzah at the end of the same Salim. There's two questions that you can think about over this period, and that is that since we treat the Afikoyman as a carbon Pesach, there's a loch you're not allowed to leave over from the carbon Pesach, so how come you're allowed to leave over from the Afikoyman? Mm-hmm. And what do you do with it when you're finished with it? Like before the next Pesach, people people do away with it. So many will not eat it because it's like noiser. It's left over from the carbon Pesach, so they burn it in the, in the next Shreyfus Chomets. See, here they said it's to ask the question, then how come um, we leave it over if it's noiser? So again, uh, may there be only Vesaurus Toivus. I'm just going to read out the message one more time um, from our great Askan, Reb Dudi Itzkevich. May he be well. And it goes as follows. Due to the global crisis of coronavirus, COVID-19, as of this Sunday, 22nd March 2020, and until further notice, Torah Way won't be held at this regular location, Kilis El Moshe, but from the homes of Obotim Edrush of the respective Magidesh Shiul. To find out how to watch or listen to a live or previous Shir, or access the archive of our thousands of Shiurim and to keep updated with any news from Torah Way, visit www.torahway.org.uk. May it be Zoycha, 
to a Geula Shleimah Bimhera Amen. Amen.